want us to just, um, if you would, let's stand and make it, let's make a declaration over our time together. Like it's already been amazing worshiping with, with you, you all, I'll say y'all, and having the kids up here worship as well and just getting to see you guys and talk like this is family and this is good. But let's make a declaration over our morning together. So if you would, let's just say this together, okay? To all who mourn and long for comfort, to all who feel worthless and wonder if God cares, to all who fail and desire strength, to all who sin and need a savior, this church open wides her door with a welcome from Jesus Christ, the ally of his enemies, the defender of the guilty, justifier of the unexcusable, and the friend of sinners. God, I thank you for today. I thank you that you are these things. God, I I thank you. Thank you for your love and who you are. God, I thank you that you are the defender of the guilty. And the justifier of the inexcusable, God. God, I thank you so much that you're the friend of sinners. And I pray that in this place today, no matter how we each came into this room, that you would speak to us in super personal ways. Like we've struggled with living in this world and, and we've probably struggled with who you are and we've probably struggled with who we are. So I pray this morning, somehow supernaturally, all that collides and we get to raise our hands and say, God, you are glorious and you love me. You give me hope, purpose, and a bright future. God, we humbly ask you to speak to us, break through our hearts and our minds this morning because this is good and this is right. Yeah. And all of God's people said, amen. Very good, church. We can have a seat. So, if you, haven't, if you weren't here um, last week, you'd be shocked to know that in Church Project, we've been going through the book of Acts. Um, last week was our 84th message in the book of Acts. Can you believe that? That's crazy. And we just like hit a wall. We're like, done. And so last week, I preached through four chapters in the book of Acts, and we closed it out. So give it up for a good run for Acts, man. That was good. Man, that was good. And today's a great day where we're just going to do one, we're just going to do a standalone message today. And, and what we're going to begin doing next week was we're going to go in through the parables of Jesus. And we're just going to look at the different parables of who Jesus is and what he says and how to interact. And they were super good. I will tell you this. My intent was to start today with the parable of, of the prodigal son. Like, what a great message for today, Father's Day, right? But I'm like, oh, wait, I don't know enough about these parables. Like, I got to study more. Like, they're in depth and they're really, really good. So I'd encourage you to be reading through the parables of Jesus because that's what we're going to dive in and we're going to start next week doing that. But today, we're talking about fathers because why not? It's Father's Day. Hey, Dad. Hey, Dad. Yes, I'd, I'd love to play catch. I remember that in Ordway, Colorado. My dad asking me, hey, you want to play catch? Yes, I would love to play catch. Hey, Dad, my bike tire is flat. Can you help with that? Hey, Dad, do you know how to change a motorcycle tire? Hey, Dad, I'm dropping out of college to move to Miami to start a rock and roll band with my friend named Slappy. (laughs) My poor dad. Hey, Dad, I've met a special young woman named Lauren. 
We've celebrated 21 years this, this week. Hey, Dad, how do I change a diaper? <laughs> I got to be really good at that, man. Um, hey, Dad, how do I change a minivan tire? Yep, I hit that level. Hey, Dad, thanks for always loving and supporting me. Right? Hey, Dad, did you ever struggle with this? How did you overcome this? And hey, Dad, do you want to help me change my 2019 Corvette ZR1 supercar tire? <laughs> A man can dream, right? Okay. <laughs> uh, when a father role is occupied by a, a man that's honoring of that God-given title, the gates of hell are pushed back. And the next generation gets to build off of that great legacy. So for some of us sitting in this room, like we may relate to an earthly father, we're like, I'm building off a godly legacy and this is incredible. I get to say that off my dad and my grandpa. My grandpa changed the, the course of history for our family. We fell in love with my grandpa to my dad to me and I get to stand on those shoulders and what an honor and for those of us that get to stand here and say that, what a cool thing, right? But I also know that there's the reverse of that too and the opposite is true. And if, you, if you're in this room today and you mourn for one reason, um, whatever your scenario is, maybe you had a good dad or a bad dad, or maybe you're, you're physically in this room unable to become a father, or you have a healthy relationship or broken relationships, I wanna, I wanna tell you something today. Like, let's look at what God desires for each of us in our relationships, in our relationship to him specifically. So I celebrate with dads in this room, and I celebrate for those of us that have had a great example on earth as to what that looks like, and I mourn and I walk with those of us in this room where we cannot say that. The good news is we have Ephesians chapter three, verses 14 through 21, and I want us to walk through these verses today because they're so healing, and these are such beautiful words. So Ephesians chapter three, verses 14 through 21, if you have your YouVersion app, you can open that up and follow along as well. But let's walk through these verses. Paul, possibly Paul, who wrote Ephesians, we'll debate that, but we'll say Paul because he seems to write most of the Bible, okay? <laughs> in Ephesians chapter three, starting in verse 14, says this, for this reason I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through him. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how long and how high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, 
To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Now let's look at this. I read through it quickly, but I want to look through this. If we look in verse 14, Paul possibly says this, for this reason, well, what reason is Paul writing? Just previously, if you want to look, the reason that Paul is writing is that Paul has been given grace to approach God. Paul's been given the grace to approach God, and not only that, Paul's been given the grace to have a mission in life, and he realizes for the first time that he is a child of God and he is loved. He's been given the grace to approach God. See, God is not this imminent God or a transcendent God way far out there that we can't approach. No, we get to come together and we get to approach God as a father. And all of God's people says, amen. Like we get to stand and we get to worship God and as Paul, his life was encountered by God, he goes from being a Christian killer to a guy that's saying, I get to now approach God and be in his presence and because of that, for this grace, I write this. So for this reason, given the grace to approach God, I kneel before the Father, do you see that? From whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. If you wanna go back and you wanna study history and in this time especially, like your name was given down through the line of your father. Your father's name is how you got your name. And through that father's name is where identity came from and purpose came from. So as Paul, who was previously known as Saul, is being given a new name, Paul, and he gets to approach the grace of God, he's been given a new name through Jesus Christ and through God and heaven, and it has completely set the trajectory of his life in a different direction. How about you? How about you? What name do you carry around? Is it Aaron Havens? Hopefully not. <laughs> Is it Jesus Christ? Is it a follower of God? Son and daughter of our most high? Like Paul recognizes this. He's been given that name. We see in verse 16, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. Think of this as a father. Think of it. He's saying there in, in, in 16, I pray that our glorious riches may be strengthened you with power through his spirit in your inner being. And think of a father, I can think of my father, and he's saying, look at me, look at me, lock eyes with me, you've got this. I'm strengthening you, I, you've got this. And it's a, it's a dad that's looking at you and beating his chest and saying, go out and win that state championship, go, go ride that bike. Go do, go be. And it's a father saying, I've given you that strength, that purpose, that life. And so for those of us especially that we've lacked the ability to walk with a father that's been able to beat his chest and look at us and say, you're good enough, you're worthy enough, you can do this, you can accomplish it, go get it. We can look at Jesus and we can look at God. And he's standing up here right now and he's beating his chest and he's saying, you are my son, you are my daughter, I love you, you are capable, you are worthy, go get him. Now that's a father that I wanna serve, how about you? Like this is such good stuff, wow, I better get on with it, okay. Verse 17, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. He's saying, do you believe in me? Do you follow me? Do you have faith that I say who I am, who I am? Like, I'm God the Father. Do you believe that? And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, 
may have the power and strength with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ. And when I think of that, to be established in love, I think of that super sexy love chapter in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 that is in every wedding ever done. If this wasn't read at your wedding, it's, you, you haven't, your wedding doesn't exist, okay? <laughs> First, First Corinthians 13, four through seven, being established in love. Let's see what love is. First Corinthians 13, four through seven says this. Love is patient. Oh, I'm already disqualified. <laughs> oh no, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast. It is not proud. Wow. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. It always protects and always trusts and always hopes and always perseveres. This is love. And being established in this relationship with Jesus Christ, knowing that he is our heavenly father, God the Father, looks at us and he says, be established in me. And you got this, man. You got this. Because Satan wants to kick your tail. God's like, nah, I got this one. This is my child. I love him. Now he's messed up, but I love him. That was a joke. Thank you for the courtesy laugh. We need to know that we are worthy of his love. And he needs to remind us every day that regardless of our actions, as good and as noble or as bad and ugly as they are, we need to know that we're still loved. Amen? Let's look at verse 20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is work, in, work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever, amen. And we sing here, we declare these wonderful words about who God is, and as a church, this is our anthem, this is our mantra, we sing this, we're singing our theology, right? And all we're saying is, God, we wanna follow your lead. Your will be done, not my will be done, because we're seeing how to live life through your eyes and your perspective, and you're building your church, and you're building your life in me. It reminds me of Mark chapter 14, verse 36, and it's literally Jesus in the garden, and this is what he says as he's praying to God before he goes and dies a, a vicious death on the cross. He says this, Abba, Father, Jesus said as he cries out to God, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me because I don't want to go to the cross. <laughs> Yet, not what I will, but your will be done. God didn't say when we signed up and became a Christian that he's gonna take every cup from us. God didn't say that everything is gonna be peachy and awesome. It could be really hard. And I think we can all say that life is really hard. But when we're established in the love of Jesus Christ and we're going through all these things of love is patient and kind and does not envy and we're locking eyes with Jesus, it makes the pain of this world worth it. And we could say, God, not my will, but your will be done. If through my suffering and my pain, others get to see hope, 
Sign me up. How many of you would say that? You got it. This is our God. This is our Father. Do you know him? And do you know this kind of love? And do you long to know him more? This is a perfect example of what I wish every earthly relationship with a father would look like. But this is the eternal example of what a father is. So let's find great joy in this. Let's lock eyes with our father. Say, God, remind me again who you are. And maybe through tears. God, remind me again who I am. Thank you for loving me. Hey, God, how do I change that bike tire? Um, hey, God, what would you do in this scenario? Hey, God, show me what all this pain is for and about. Hey, God, thanks for loving me, my true father. Let's pray. God, I super, I'm just so excited to be here today. Because I know in this room, Satan is dancing on some of our hearts and some of our minds, and he's given us these false aliases of who we are, and we're not those things. Like, we're not worthless, that's for sure. We're not unworthy, that's for sure. All those false lies, I'm excited to be here today with you to just proclaim goodness and truth over every person in this room. Like, we are worthy, we are forgiven, God, we are capable. God, you have a specific purpose for each of our life. Church, let's just have a little dialogue with God, just personal dialogue with you and God in this moment right now. Ask him what this passage means. What are you trying to tell us today, God? Maybe for some of us, we are looking at a season where it's like, God, oh dear God, if you're hearing me, please take this cup from me. I don't want to walk through this. I don't want to do this. Maybe today would we be bold enough to say, God, not my will, but your will be done. Take me as far as you want me to go, God, and use me for whatever it looks like to bring glory to your name. And I just gotta believe that in this room right now, there's, there's people that really have never locked eyes with God. We have walked through life on our own, trying to figure it out on our own. And maybe for the first time in this place, we're feeling God just kind of tap on our heart saying, 
man, I'm here, I'm chasing you, I love you. If you wanna look back through your life, I've been with you from the very beginning to where you're at right now. Like, man, I love you. I'm so proud of you. But I wanna be the center of everything that you're doing. I wanna want to walk with you. I wanna show you how amazing you are. I wanna show you my power and my greatness. I wanna give you purpose and meaning and a joy that's bigger than any 401k any plans that we might have. So if you find yourself in this room today just saying, I don't know who God is, he's really made it simple. He's just said, hey, call out my name. Believe that I've saved you from the depths of despair and you shall be saved. You shall have purpose and meaning. So Jesus, we call out to you. God, we call out to you. We believe you say who you are. You've done what you said you've done. And we believe that you can give us a deep identity in you. Please forgive us of living life on our own and let us run after you, God. That's good. God, I wanna pray for us, continue to pray for us in here that we will find our identity in you and we'll look to you to our true Father. And for those of us that are men and fathers in this room, that we would, we would long to mirror that if we have kids to our kids and to the world at large, that may we be men that reflect you boldly. Thank you for our time together. Thank you for bringing us here. It's in your name we pray. Amen.